Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. All right, so we have a lot to talk about today and I want you to be ready to soak in the word of God like a sponge. Listen, it doesn't matter what else you know in life and what else you succeed at. If you have not figured out this thing called love and relationship and marriage, it can single-handedly jeopardize any other thing you know. In fact, there is a particular course in Harvard that I'm privy to. You know, someone attended that course. Part of the requirement was that you attended the course with your spouse. Because they believed that it doesn't matter how efficacious the learning procedure was. (laughs) If you are not trained, if you don't have the home front sorted out, it can undo their learning process. So it was part of the procedures. You attend with your spouse. This is that one thing that you must figure out and figure out early. Please, are you listening to me? You see, I saw a text... I'm starting in a very unusual way. I saw a text years ago that shook me to my core. Acts chapter 13 is a text we all know. The Bible tells us from verse 1 that ministry gifts, prophets, and apostles were gathered together to pray and tells us who they were and what their names were. And then the Bible tells us in verse 2 that as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said... Separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost said, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. Now listen, this is life-changing. Pay attention. Please, are you with me? Now listen. So their ministry partnership came by divine directive. It wasn't just about gifting. It wasn't just about opportunity. They knew they were meant to do ministry together because the Holy Ghost said so. And the Holy Ghost said, in an open meeting, other people who had discernment could bear witness that this was the will of God for this ministry and for these people. Separate Paul and Barnabas for the work where to have called them. Not just that, they prepared. They prayed and they fasted. And they went out. And here is the shocking part. I never forget this. The Bible tells us, In Acts chapter 15, verse 39, that there was a sharp contention between Paul and Barnabas. And they couldn't do ministry together anymore. Sharp contention. Now, you say, what does this have to do with relationship? Everything. Church people, hear me. Even if God said it, even if seven angels from seven different realms bringing seven different messages about the same man, the same woman. They show up in your room. It's still not guarantee that you won't jeopardize it. Are you listening to me? So Paul and Barnabas doing ministry together was the will of God, but they fell out. They fought. (laughs) They fought. And they couldn't go on anymore. Can you imagine this? The reason you need to hear this is because 
in the church, we have emphasized, and rightly so, supernatural leading in choosing a spouse. We have emphasized divine direction. In fact, some people go so far as to say that there is someone who is the specific bone of your bone, which to me is ridiculous. But now this tells us, this is the bubble buster, that even if God thunders from the cloud and you see a finger, it's something we've seen before. The finger was writing on the wall, but this one, the finger points in the service like a cursor. You just see a finger on the person's head. Now, nah, this, now, nah, this, now, nah, this. <laughs> Listen, brethren, it can still spoil. <laughs> I mean, did you, did you read what we just read? And it was a simple thing. They wanted to go with John Mark. Barnabas wanted to go to, with John Mark. The Bible says he determined to go with John Mark. And Paul thought John Mark wasn't ready. Because they tried to go somewhere before and John Mark ran away. So what's the guarantee that this guy can be dependable? Barnabas felt, let's give him another chance. Paul felt he's not ready. That was it. They fought. And the ministry divided. And Barnabas went with John Mark. And Paul went on his own. And that's how come Paul found a new partner in Silas. Later, you start hearing Paul and Silas, right? According to the song, Paul and Silas, they prayed. What happened to Barnabas? They fought! <laughs> Listen, I'm being dramatic and emphatic about this so that it will sink into your consciousness. And sometimes we flatter ourselves. You know what we say? If it doesn't work, we say, it wasn't meant to be. Well, maybe it was. It probably was. Admit it. You probably ruined it. You ruined a good thing. And I'm only saying this so that you can learn for the future. Please, are you listening to me? You can learn for the future. For the future. What did Paul and Barnabas do wrong? They prayed, which is good. They fasted, which is good. It means for relationships to last, it takes more than prayer. Come on, are you with me? As important as prayer is, please don't get me wrong. We've prayed today, have we not? We've prayed about relationship. But it takes more than prayer. It takes more than fasting. And guess what? It takes more than even knowing who the right person is. You can go the wrong way with the right person. Listen, for some of you, if we end here, you've got it. <laughs> you can go the wrong way. With, help me preach that to two people. Say you can go the wrong way with the right person. You can go the wrong way with the right person. Please make sure the person is here. Just in case someone didn't hear, tell someone at the back, at the back. Just look at the back and say, you can go the wrong way. <laughs> Turn the Bibles quickly, Proverbs 11 verse 14. 
Proverbs 11, 14. It says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. So sometimes it's a counsel problem. Some people just don't have any counsel. And what still? Some people have the wrong counsel. And there's a lot of it these days. Terrible counsel. You doubt me? Just go on the internet. You hear all kinds of horrible views. Hot takes. All kinds of podcasts. <laughs> no, listen, mind you, there are a lot of good ones. But everybody has a microphone these days. <laughs> Where there is no counsel, the people fail. The people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So listen, I have just one objective today. To show you the amount of deliberateness it takes to have a good relationship. You need to be deliberate. A lot of people don't know that. Now, it seems like a no-brainer, but a lot of people don't know that. Can I prove it to you? And be honest. If you have not read up to five books on relationship, raise your hand. Don't lie. You see what I'm saying? Now... If with the same hand you rose up, you are typing God when? <laughs> God is probably looking like, seriously? Please, do you understand what I'm saying? Now, I don't blame you. I used to be like that. I just felt, I, ah, see, the number of difficult things I do in life. Is it love? <laughs> I got this over. There are things I'm still figuring out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This, by the way, is the reason you see some of your faves struggle. Maybe you go online and you see one relationship you're rooting for has failed. And you wonder why. It's because you can be with the good person and go the wrong way. You can. Please, learn this. You have to be deliberate. So you have to go for knowledge. You have to go for counsel. If you don't have knowledge, if you don't have counsel, even prophecy will not be enough. Prophecy can only hold a relationship for so long. Because God will not love for you. <laughs> he won't do the work for you. So one of the most important things you can determine, number one, assume you don't know anything at all. Oh my God, this will save you. Assume you don't know, because from experience, chances are you don't. Approach love, marriage, relationship with humility. Go like a novice. Buy books, attend seminars, get counsel. I mean, it's, I 
I'm not shading anybody. It's all of us. It's an arrogant generation. <laughs> we think we know. And one of the best things that can happen to you is to be willing to learn. Learn from anybody. Listen, I learn from my children. Oh my God, my children are so knowledgeable, it frightens me. I can't even begin to tell you. Off the top of my head, my daughter, my first daughter has had a conversation with me about helium, the gas. Did you hear what I said? How old were you when you knew what helium was? I learned it in chemistry class. I think it says something. <laughs> helium. And who was telling me what it can do. That's what they put in balloons and make that, uh, makes them float. And then if you inhale it, it will change the pitch of your voice. She said you will sound like chipmunk. See, as a child told you something, you had to fact check. <laughs> you don't understand this generation. <laughs> we, are, we, we are so focused on Gen Z, we don't know the one that is coming. <laughs> oh, God. You know, I was looking through my daughter's assignments. Simple question. In countries where there is snow, how do you cater for birds? You know what she replied? She wrote this, oh. She said, Seriously? Give them food, food, food. So, I said, Edima. <laughs> she said, oh, my teacher will just look at it and laugh. I said, ah, it's a different generation. Uncle Isaac, that year. <laughs> seriously, you tell Uncle Isaac, seriously. <laughs> You to be serious. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> hey, Uncle Isaac. You know, you're just thinking about it, I have PTSD. Like, I wonder how he would react that someone should write seriously. Like, uh. <laughs> but different generation. Edima has talked to me about constellation. I remember when I learned constellation. I learned it preparing for common entrance. That's when, sorry, you might have learned it earlier, but that's when I learned it. We were just out taking a walk, and she said, oh, look at the stars. That's a constellation, eh? And sometimes, just to poke at her and be sure she knows what she said, it was constellation, and she would tell you. But I think the most fascinating thing, especially as it pertains to what we're talking about, that she has talked about with me, is how that some animals are cute but dangerous. And I think once she talked about a pewter fish, which by the way, you know, had a cameo appearance in Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, cute cartoon, and you just see the fish, nice bright color, wow. But it's dangerous. They calculated how dangerous it is. They said it is 1,000 times more dangerous than cyanide. And you don't know what cyanide is, well. <laughs> but it's, from the name, you can tell it's very bad. <laughs> and it looks very cute. And I can relate that to relationship and marriage because you see, when you see it online, it looks very cute. And it is cute. Aww. 
But if you get in unprepared, it will bite you. It will bite your nose. It will bite you hard. You won't believe it. Some of you know what I'm saying. You've been beaten before, right? (laughs) See, all I'm trying to say is this. Never underestimate the amount of preparation that is required. And I'm saying this because you must recognize that you have the proclivity to do so. You have the tendency. We all do. I was 12 when I, I was, I mean, much earlier, but the most serious one I can remember. I was convinced I was in love. They were telling me, calm down. I was like, ah, these people don't know. They don't know what I feel. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm saying. That ah, if not for money, I would be settled by now. <laughs> Have you ever looked back at what you thought was love and you laugh? Now, everybody's quiet, Abby. <laughs> Have you ever remembered something <laughs> that you did and you were like, yeah, you, you, you were just embarrassed? You were on your own, no? When you remembered it, but you were embarrassed. Because we underestimate the amount of preparation that will be needed. And the reason you, like I said, the reason you do that is because you just think, oh, why in love? What can be hard about that? You see, Mouse Morrow of Blessed Memory said something very profound. He said each time he counseled couples that were getting a divorce, something very confusing happened all the time, almost all the time. He said most times they would tell you that they're still in love. I love him, but we cannot live together. Many times. Oh, don't get me wrong, sir. I love her. It's not just working. I love him, sir. We just can't live together. Then he discovered that love is not enough. You might not have heard that before. It's a good starter. It's important. Any marriage without romance is dead. (laughs) But any marriage that has only romance, no responsibility, no sense, no proactivity, no intentionality, there will be a problem. Please, are you listening to this? I'm not trying to preach a good sermon. I'm trying to tell you something from the word of God that will help you. You must be intentional. Assume you don't know. Let me say this. And please don't get me wrong. I want to say that, first and foremost, just to prepare your heart. I have a good marriage. Listen, we fight. No, I'm too spiritual to fight. We have intense conversations. Regularly. <laughs> but we have a good marriage. But I want to say this. If you ask me honestly, the most difficult thing I've ever done, I would say, is marriage. And that doesn't mean the marriage is not good. It's, deli- it's sweet. 
But I'm just saying, there is no other thing that makes me as aware of my weakness and frailty as marriage. No other thing. As I'm saying this, think of who is talking, you know? <laughs> By the grace of God, we've planted churches around the world. And I'm saying ministry is not the hardest thing I've done in this life. <laughs> ministry, I, I don't find myself thinking, am I good enough? Oh, I, there is nothing that makes me aware of how much work I need to do. Like marriage. Do you get that? Listen, I'm saying that so that you recognize the level of intentionality. And so when time came, I decided, okay, I'm going to be more intentional. Let me focus on this. Okay, let's get counsel. We are both counsel also. Sit down. Let's, <laughs> let's learn. Because that's the way to get it to work. Turn of Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 32. I'll read from verse 31 into 32. It says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Verse 32, read together loud as you can. One, two, go. Hold on, what did he say? One, two, go. Listen. This is life-changing and never forget. Never call simple what God calls a mystery. <laughs> Just so we are clear, he, he's not saying it is mysterious, but it's a mystery nonetheless. The Greek, Greek word is mysterion, something covered, something that needs explanation. But you see, on a base level, you think marriage is straightforward. I'm done with school. I have a job. I have everything. What next? Marriage. It's not that simple. The movies lie to you. It's not that simple. He says, this is a great mystery. Never call simple what God calls a mystery. It means to truly understand marriage, it's going to take intentionality. You're going to have to be deliberate. You cannot understand the true purpose and intent of marriage instinctively. You're going to have to learn. Please, are you getting what I'm saying? So now, imagine that you were going to judge the security of your marriage by how much information you have deliberately gathered. How do you think you will fare? Now, I'm telling you unequivocally, this is how you should approach it. I must deliberately seek information. Oh, you think you're strong? There are people who are stronger than you that have been humbled by this institution called marriage. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Uh-huh. Just listen, oh. don't ever think that the people who have issues are not as wise as you are. Solomon had marriage problems, you don't know. I, I think that should tell you all you need to know. 
The man that many people call the wisest man that ever lived had marriage problem. <laughs> should tell you. Do you get it now? So, listen. The first point I want to make from this is that marriage is a great mystery and never call simple what God calls a mystery. But number two, which is a, a very important balance. A good marriage is hard work, but it is possible. Come on, say with me, it's possible. It's hard work, but it's possible. It's like getting a degree in medicine. <laughs> when you ask a child, what do you want to be when you grow? And the child says, I want to be a doctor. That's cute, right? In fact, it's noble. <laughs> Sorry, is there any doctor here by any chance? Thanks. So, <laughs> now when you see a young child that says, I want to be a doctor, what, what comes through your mind? <laughs> Come and tell me. <laughs> tell me honestly. Prayer, right? <laughs> because it's noble, but you know that it will take, it will push you to the wall. <laughs> push you to the wall. There is no easy way to be a doctor. Is that true? <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to say. So when I talk about the difficulty, I'm, I'm still emphasizing it's worth it. Do you get it? It is. It's the will of God. It's still not good for man to be alone. With all the negative statistics, it still isn't good for man to be alone. With all your bad experiences, it still isn't good for man to be alone. Come on, do you get it? Can you all hear me? Did you hear what I said? It's difficult, but it is possible. It's hard work. I wouldn't even call it difficult. It's hard work, but it is what? Say with me, it's hard work, but it is what? And don't go only by the media. You have to understand that the media is after news that will go viral. And good stories don't go viral. Are you aware? Good stories don't go viral. If they tell you that a couple has been married 40 years, the news will not travel as much as, hey, this couple is seeking a divorce. And, and that's why there's something very important. Look, look at that text again. Is your Bible open or is, is it on the screen? It says, this is a great mystery. We've talked about that. Then he says, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So now, thank God for good examples on marriage, but our ultimate example will be who? Uh-huh. <laughs> that after 2,000 years, he has not sought a divorce. And he doesn't love the church less than he did 2,000 years ago. Come on, are you listening to me? It's a great mystery, quite all right, but our example is Christ and the church. You know you are a handful. And he still loves you the same. Now, that's your example on marriage. Christ and the church. And that's what makes it 
a totally different ball game for a believer. Because what do you, if, if you want to give up on your relationship, what do you tell Jesus? What do you tell him? What are you finding it difficult to tolerate that he has not tolerated from you? <laughs> you come to him and say, Sir, she doesn't listen. He's like, tell me about it. <laughs> really? She doesn't listen. Like some people I know. <laughs> what do you want to say? So when we read Ephesians 5.32, what are the two points we got from that? Number one? Number one? And number two? All right. Number three, therefore you must do the work. Do the work. Do the work. Don't embellish. Don't seek shortcuts. Do the work. Go the distance. Prepare. Do the work. I titled this sermon, Cinderella, for a simple reason. That's a vivid picture of many relationships today. Because you see, Cinderella, she was poor. You know the story, right? She had a mother-in-law, no, not mother-in-law, stepmother that hated her gods. And they treated her poorly. She barely had good food to eat. And they wouldn't let her to go to that special ball. And even if all of them went in fancy clothes, she was left at home to walk. And then a magician appeared. Determined to help her. Hmm, what do we do? Looked at mice, two mice, turned them to horses. Looked at pumpkin, turned it to, to, to a chariot, right? And next thing we know, she's glowing like this. And she goes to that ball with, you know, like a bowler. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it. That was good. That was, I think that was very good. Okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> you know? And man, as she walks in, does she steal the show? The prince immediately doesn't want to look at anyone else. Never, ever have I ever. <laughs> the shoes, everything on point. And he walks up to her and says, excuse me, dance. You know? <laughs> Can we dance? And then she's carried away as they're dancing. Next thing, the clock. <laughs> and it's midnight. The magician said, whatever you're doing, wrap it up. Because this thing has an expiration date. <laughs> oh my God. You don't understand how relatable this is. And gradually, the chariot turned to a pumpkin again. <laughs> and you know, I like the way the cartoons portrayed it. As she's trying to run back, boom, she falls to the ground, you know, because the chariot has disappeared. And then the horse turns to a mice, and then her beautiful dress turns back to rag and all of that. And I said, in a sense, every relationship is a Cinderella story because we embellish. You're going out on a date. You don't have perfume. You have never used deodorant maybe in your life. 
Maybe. For instance, what's her? You want to tell me is everybody here that uses deodorant? Oh yeah, raise your hand, let's smell. Ah, I'm just playing, just playing, just playing. Just playing. You know you own, you don't bathe every day, but but this day, you take a shower for a change. And you spray, 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 spray. And you are determined. Just like so winning, you, you know? You, are you, you hide all your weaknesses. You embellish. There are things you will tolerate. As you are driving together, you that, when someone drives rough, you wind down. Yeah, show me that way, you know? <laughs> but that day, just say, mm. You just say, <laughs> and on the date you're nice to everybody. Hi, you know, you're greeting the waiter. You know, and then when it is past midnight, some of you know what I'm saying. There were things you were seeing when the relationship was young that have disappeared. Yes or yes? <laughs> you stay on the mainland, it stays on the island. You will drive to the mainland, drive you to walk. On the island, <laughs> drive you back and then go home. But now, <laughs> am I preaching or I'm preaching? <laughs> what are the things that were there before that are not there now? <laughs> Please, are you listening to me? And all these things are unintentional. That's the way we've been taught to do love. Seemingly, unintentionally deceptive. <laughs> you know, a guy, Stanley Hall, or something like that, he went so far as to say that you would never know who you will marry. In fact, his statement was more extreme. He said, no matter how hard you try, you will marry the wrong person. And this, this is what he's trying to say. He says, no matter who you thought you were marrying, <laughs> you never really know. Hopefully, if you've done a good job, you get all the most important facts. But no matter how meticulous you are, there are some things you will discover after, after some times in the marriage. Like, ah, who is this? Bring your betters. Who are you? <laughs> After midnight, that's where the marriage starts. <laughs> that's where the love really starts. When you see each other, you know, sides of each other. And even if you manage to marry the right person, the person can change. Pressure changes people. There are very few things that will push you to the wall like marriage. And you listen, I'm not even talking about bad things. I'm just talking about how, how life-changing the process is in, in itself. You see, when a woman has a baby, and the baby comes, it's, it's different. It's hard to explain. Are you getting what I'm saying? I 
I can tell you from, from experience, for instance, you have to rediscover your spouse after that. <laughs> because it's totally different. Because now you are sharing attention. Are you getting what I'm saying? You're sharing at- attention. If you don't deliberately go out on dates, dump the baby, we love you. We'll stay here. Stay with your grandmother <laughs> and go out. Trouble may start. Please, are you listening to me? So it's just, things can change. Usually you will marry someone with potential. More often than not, we marry people who have not passed the money tests. You don't know his character if he has not handled money before. Oh God, you don't understand what I'm saying. You don't know anybody's true character. The person has not yet been rich. If the person never blow, you don't know. You see how it rhymes? If the person never blow, you don't what? You don't know. <laughs> you see, money. <laughs> uh. So there are just some things. And all I'm saying is you have to be deliberate. Let's play a game. If you are a lady here and you're wearing high heel that is higher than one inch, let, let's say two inches, and you don't mind me walking with you for an illustration, please stand up. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Okay, hold on. I want something higher, just to be dramatic. If it's, high, if it's like three inches, up, okay, come on, come on. Who else? See, let me see now. The winner of this game gets $100. <laughs> oh, guy, don't raise hand. <laughs> wow. All right. Thank you. I'm going to make you run. I hope you don't mind. KJ, come. Come. Now, first and foremost, this is just for illustration. Some of you already have this money. Come, come. come. Some of you could give me money, sir. So, all right. <laughs> go, go this way. Now, first things first. There are no rules to this game. But you're going to run. <laughs> the first person to get to me. The money is just right here. <laughs> No rules. No rules. <laughs> now, the moment I said no rules, you saw what she did? She just loosened the shoe. <laughs> you, you're getting it now. So, absolutely no rules. You ready? <laughs> you know what? I know you're all too Chanel. Just, Just try. Or do you need more motivation? Should I raise it up? Ah! <laughs> All right, another day, another day. Do you lo- <laughs> Leave it for other illustrations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or do you have any better idea to do this? Anyway, just for sports, just for games, just for illustration. All right, one, two. <laughs> Ready? 
Go. <laughs> ah, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, my God. Sorry. Jesus. Thank you, KG. Wow. Please give her immediately. Thank you. Please put your hands together for her. Thank you. Now, please. Thank you, KG. I, 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 like, I like people who see, we're a family, you can express yourself, okay? Some of, of you are so uptight, maybe that's why you're still single. Anyway. Oh, by the way, she's single though, so just, wait now, come. Uh, I, sorry, what, what did you study? Law. So, I mean, the only thing left is an in-law, right? I, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I, I did try. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but listen, please. We're joking, but this is serious. She started on heels. <laughs> Friends, this is the Cinderella story. <laughs> Are you get what I'm saying? I'm saying that marriage will push you the pressures, the everything, the embellishments, and well, every other thing will disappear. And better make sure that when you are left with your bare self, there is something desirous. Thank you very much. Do, do, do you get that? <laughs> yeah, flunked it. Do you get that? When it is all said and done, without the makeup, without the high heel, you know, thank you so much. Please, thank you. Make sure there's something left. Come on, I get what I'm saying. So, build substance, build capacity, get trained, develop your mind. Be intentional. Be intentional. You will be married three times longer than your age when you got married. It's a long time. Did you hear what I just said? That's a long time. So if you get married 25, 75. If Jesus tarries and Jesus, the way things are going, it might take his time. <laughs> you know, you will still be married 70. You should probably take your time. Watch well. I mean, think of where you were 10 years ago. How, do you know how long 10 years ago is? 10 years ago, there was no celebration church. About 10 years ago. Think about that. That's a long time. And then to think about the fact that based on your age, just imagine your age times two. Be married for that long. The amount of changes you will see the amount of battles you will fight. You, you don't want to do that with the wrong person. Please, are you listening to me? And the Cinderella approach might be cute. But there better be more to you. So thankfully, when the prince went to look for her and saw her in her rags, he still liked that because there was more to her. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you shouldn't look nice. I'm saying there must be more. 
And I'm going to develop my case more next week. But I just want to bring this to a close as I begin a round off. Have you learned anything? So how do I put in the work? How can I be deliberate? Number one, do it as unto the Lord. That's how to be deliberate. Oh my God, can I say this? I'm your pastor, but I want to say this. It's easier said than done. You see, this is an avenue for you to demonstrate the lordship of Jesus in your life. Because true biblical marriage is unto the Lord, is as unto the Lord. In such a way that your primary function is not dependent on the performance of the other person, as important as that is. It's dependent on God. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Oh my God. That's something. And it's not easy. I should love my wife as Christ loved the church. Meaning it is no longer based on her character when I think she deserves it, when I think she's consistent, when I think she's using her words properly. It's, it's not about that. I should love my wife as Christ. Love the church. It does not subject to mood swings. Christ's love is constant. My love for my wife must be constant. Are you getting this? And wives, submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. So it's, in, it's, it's funny that it's all unto the Lord. It's no longer as, it's not a response to the performance of the other person. Is as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. We're going to unpack that even more next week. Number two, and I teach on this, and I try to stress on this all the time. Number two, walk in the Spirit. What did I say is number two? What did I say is number two? So I discovered that many people relegate marriage advice to sense knowledge. The advantage of your spirit is more pragmatic than many people give it credit for. Love is not just an emotion, it's a fruit of your spirit. Even when your emotions are failing, you can love. Listen, Bible love is different. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? Never forget this. Bible love is different. You see, God said, he says, if you love those who love you, how are you different from the pagans? How are you different? Everybody loves love and responds to love. But this is the love of Christ. Ah. That you can love even your enemy. 
I'm not talking about being married to them, but I'm just saying, I'm using an extreme case to teach you something fundamental. That you can be on the cross and look at the people who put you on the cross and pray for them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. That's the love of Christ. And so every demonstration of weakness in my spouse is more opportunity for me to demonstrate the love of Christ. I, like I said, it's easier said than done, but this is God's standard nonetheless. So meaning, if I'm loving Christ's way, when I see challenge, I don't run. That's an opportunity to walk in the Spirit. Come on, I get what I'm saying. And like I said, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit's influence is love, joy, peace. So those things are not just mere emotions. And when my heart is bankrupt and cannot produce these things, my spirit can. My spirit can. So a man who is walking in the spirit will find it easier to love. A woman who is walking in the spirit will find it easier to love. All these things are fruit of the spirit. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? Walking in the spirit will save your marriage. It will. Because if the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, it means that walking in the spirit can give marriage the longevity that I dream about. So what did I say is number one? What is number two? Number three, which is essentially what I've been saying all day, be intentional. Be intentional. Be intentional about everything. Oh, I want a man that loves me. How? What is love? What is love to you? I'm going to talk about this next week. <laughs> One of the most life-changing things you see, you might know it theoretically, but if you don't practice it, you will still have issues. What we call love languages is a real thing. You must love in the way that the person perceives love. And this is the thing. It's a self-centered generation. And that's why we are fighting, because when the person is saying, I don't feel loved and appreciated, we are arguing. And as a guy, we have the proclivity to argue. After all I do, you flip the switch in the house. See electricity. I pay the bills. You don't get it. Love language. Am I willing to love in a way that the person perceives love? That's how you know you're not doing it for yourself. There are things that we do well naturally. But when you are in a marriage to serve the other person, you are sensitive first. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? To how the person wants to be treated. Oh, this little thing will help you. So that you don't wonder. You bought her a car, built her a house, and she looks at you and says, do you love me? And you're confused. <laughs> love language. You can try so hard. And there will be a strain in the relationship. I am wondering how. It's a communication issue. Please, are you getting this? Yes. 
There's a reason the Bible tells men, love your wives, and tells women, submit to your husbands. And I'm going to unpack that. I've done that every year. You see, a lot of people read the Bible through their natural lenses. When they see submit, they see it in an African way. And so they have PTSD. And you see, oh my God, if you, if you didn't listen to anything I said, don't miss this one. You know, we underestimate love. I already said that, right? Come on, I already said that, right? We have the tendency to underestimate love. So when we read, the Bible say, wives, submit to your husbands. And we see the Bible say, husbands, love your wife. We say, that's cheating. How come it gets to love? And I get to submit. Which is harder? <laughs> think again. Because you think love is buying chocolates and ice cream and having butterflies. <laughs> love in the Bible way, he says, as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He died. Do you think that's easy? And just so you know, men, the Bible doesn't say love your wife only when she submits. Because that contravenes the very illustration that was used. Because Christ loved the church even when the church was not reciprocating. Are you getting what I'm saying? Oh my God, I think the man's job is harder if we go strictly by the Bible. But we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And so be intentional. I read a book and it was very life-changing. Um, the same guy wrote two books, How to Bring Out the Best in Your Wife and How to Bring Out the Best in Your Husband. I think you should read it. So a lot of beautiful pointers. For instance... When it comes to bringing out the best in your wife, how do you do that? Some simple things that were pointed out in that book that I want to mention to you. Oh my God. And we'll expatiate on all these things next week. Number one. Consciously, deliberately appreciate your wife. Consciously, deliberately appreciate your wife. You say, I'm not married yet. Learn now. <laughs> Listen, thank her for the things she does for you. Guys in the house, please look at me for a minute. You are not just an African man. You are born again. Did you hear what I said? You are born again. Meaning, don't respond to service with entitlement. <laughs> don't respond. So, don't take it lightly. When they cook for you, say thank you. Please, are you listening? 
These little things, see, these little things matter. Say thank you. Once in a while, just say, you know what? This and this and this and this you do, and I appreciate you for it. Make it a habit. Please, are you listening to me? <laughs> Guys, are you listening to me? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Uh, okay. <laughs> Compliment her in front of other people. Compliment her in front of your children. Consciously validate her dreams. Final one I will share for today. Listen to her. The fact that you are the head does not mean she doesn't have a head. Don't make her look stupid. Don't make her look like her contribution doesn't count. Don't trivialize it. Listen. Sometimes you'll be wrong. Sometimes you'll be right. But listen. And from experience, a man who doesn't listen to his wife will have many problems. There are just some things a woman can pick. A woman will see someone hanging around you and say, ah, that's not a good person. Guys, all over, how far, you know? <laughs> if a woman says, sometimes, oh, she might be wrong. But if she just says, that person, be careful. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen. But all of that, I said to say, you see, don't just think, oh, yes. I'm going to take all these notes. Go and do more work. I've given you a few points. Go and read more. And practice it deliberately. If you want marriage, a good marriage, you have to build it. You can't wish into it. <laughs> and you can't pray into it alone. You can't fast into it alone. You're going to have to learn. Learn as deliberately as though your future depends on the rich or the wealth, wealth of the information that you have. Hallelujah. The Lord told us that we'll be known for strong marriages. That prophecy is fulfilled in your life. Yeah. Come on, I said that prophecy is fulfilled in your life. The wisdom of the Lord has saved you from error. Yeah. You won't repeat the mistakes of your parents. Yeah. You won't re mistake, repeat the mistakes of your lineage. Yeah. You are exempt from negative marital patterns. Yeah. You are exempt from negative marital patterns in your lineage. Say aloud, amen. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.